With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me this week as co-host is Billboard Magazine senior editor Stephen Horowitz. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Keith. How, how are you? I'm very happy to be here. Um, Stephen is stepping in this week for the absent Katie Atkinson as the fabulous Katie is on maternity leave for the next few months. I look forward to getting all sorts of news about the hottest lullabies when Katie returns later this year. Uh, You are missed, Katie, but uh, hopefully you're not listening to this because you're probably busy with a baby right now. (laughs) Um, Well, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be previewing this weekend's big Hot 100 festival happening at Jones Beach Theater in New York. Well, technically Long Island. Uh, Everyone from Demi Lovato and Major Lazer to Camila Cabello and Zed will be playing the show And we'll be talking all about what to expect and more. And as part of our preview, we've got an interview with one of the festival's performers, B. Miller. B. dropped by the office a few weeks ago to chat about playing the show, how Jones Beach actually has been part of her family life for years, and her mom is super stoked to go see B. play Jones Beach. Uh, You'll hear all about that later. And of course, all the new music that B. has been releasing this year. There's a super interesting story behind the EPs she's been releasing, so stay tuned for that. Plus, we've got chart news about how Kendrick Lamar returns to number one on the Billboard 200 chart with Damn, how Cardi B hits the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 with Bodak Yellow, Money Moves, how Despacito is still, yes, still number one on the Hot 100 for a 14th week, and how Kesha is on track for her second number one on the Billboard 200 with Rainbow. But first, yes, I'm still talking. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. <sighs> you sound exhausted. Normally, I, normally, Katie and I split that up at the top of the show, <laughs> but I just I felt awkward giving you more stuff to do since That's you're fine. pitching in to that help. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to keep talking now. Okay. Uh, let's run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts this week. Number one, Kendrick Lamar is back at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with Damn. Number two, Cardi B's Bodak Yellow Money Moves hits the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. And number three, Kesha is aiming for her second number one on the Billboard 200 chart next week with her new album, Rainbow. Okay, let's break down each of these individually. First up, Kendrick Lamar's Damn is back at number one for a fourth non-consecutive week as the album returns to the top of the list. 
the set earned 47,000 equivalent album units in the week ending August 10th, according to Nielsen Music. Hasn't it been a minute since Dan was number one, Keith? It has, indeed. Um, the album uh, spent 13 weeks away from number one. Um, it started at number one in May, on May 6th, and then it spent its next two weeks at the top. So its first three weeks were all at number one. Then it stepped away from number one for just 13 weeks, uh, which is actually the longest gap between weeks at number one in more than four years. The last album to spend a longer amount of time away from number one was Mumford & Sons' Babel. I always love getting that right. I always feel so good when I can pronounce it Babel. Um it was uh, it, it spent uh, 17 weeks away from number one. Um, it actually returned to number one in the early part of 2013 um, after it won the Album of the Year Award, the Grammy Awards. So it debuted at the end of 2012, and then it spent 17 weeks away, and then it came back for another pair of weeks after its Grammy win. Um, by the way, I didn't mention this. At number two on the Billboard 200, Brett Eldridge debuts at number two with 45,000 units for his new self-titled album. Um, folks thought that maybe Brett was going to be able to beat Kendrick. Didn't quite happen. And so we've still yet to have a country album be number one this year on the Billboard 200, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, lots of number two country albums, but not a number one yet. Always a number two. Darn it. <laughs> um, okay, next up, rapper Cardi B hits the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 with Bodak Yellow, Money Moves. I just love saying Bodak Yellow. Uh, the song, which is Cardi B's first chart hit, vaults from number 14 to number 8 in only its sixth week on the list. Uh, Hot 100's chart manager, Gary Trust, also my equivalent, he's also the other co-director of charts, notes in this story online about the new top 10. He says, Cardi B is the first female rapper to reach the top 10 with a debut entry on the chart since Iggy Azalea's Fancy, featuring Charlie XCX, reigned for seven weeks at number one. Uh, in number one. In 2014, sorry. <laughs> Back in year one, um, Yellow is additionally the first top ten, um, the first rap top ten by a female rapper, unaccompanied by another artist, there's a lot of caveats there, since Nicki Minaj's Anaconda, this is Gary's words, slithered to number two <laughs> in 2014. Because oftentimes there will be a rapper that features someone or there's someone that's featuring Nicki Minaj. But it's kind of rare that you have a female rapper without anyone else helping her go top 10. Um, all the more impressive, it's like this Cardi B's first hit, which is kind of crazy. And the thing keeps accelerating each week. Like it keeps gaining in huge numbers. It's crazy. Good for her. Are you a big fan of the track, by the way? I love the track. Uh, she's a character she is so much personality and i think that's kind of what helps sell it too yeah because the person that she is when she's not rapping makes her seem even more legit when she is if that makes sense she's like just it's just she is very well-rounded as a personality (laughs) i don't know i think everybody buys into it it's really great it's nice to see more ladies in the top 10 ladies first the ladies first shout outs to queen l there you go um (laughs) up at number one on the hot 100 luis fonsi and daddy yankees despacito featuring justin bieber is still number one for a 14th week it's now tied for the second longest run at number one wait remind me who's the longest run at number one that would be Thank you for asking me. Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men's One Sweet Day with 16 weeks at number one. Um, Interestingly, Justin is releasing a new single later this week called Friends. So, like, could Justin actually challenge himself? Challenge himself for number one 
seems weird. Like, why would you release a single now when you're about to possibly have the longest running number one ever? It seems strange. Who knows? But it's confusing that he would try to, you know, stop his own success elsewhere on the chart. Well, as we're recording this, it's a Monday, and Justin tweeted that it's coming out on noon on Thursday. On Thursday, okay. But so, but it, that's not you're you're putting your song out on the last day of the current charting week, right? When you should wait until Friday to maximize your chart potential. So part of me thinks, well, if you're actually properly releasing this on Thursday, then you are you know that you're going to thwart your own chances for number one because you don't want to block yourself from number one. Well, who knows what Mariah Carey has on Justin Bieber. <laughs> St- stories from their Christmas collaboration. Hey, never forget. Um, okay, well. Lastly, Kesha is on her way to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with her latest release, Rainbow. Industry forecasters suggest the set, which was released last Friday, could earn between 100,000 and 120,000 equivalent album units in the week ending August 17th. Um, Kesha was last number one way back in January 2010 with her debut album, Animal. Okay. Let's shift gears and talk about the Hot 100 Festival. Yes. Um, Steven, since you've actually been to this show, I've never yes. been. Um, tell us tell us a little bit about the big shoe. The third annual Billboard Hot 100 Festival will take place this weekend, August 19th and 20th, at the grounds at Jones Beach Theater in Long Island, New York. The fest features headliners Big Sean, Zed, Demi Lovato, Gucci Mane, Major Lazer, Marshmello, Camila Cabello, and DJ Khaled. Ticket information is available at www.hot100fest.com. So now let's talk about this actual show, uh, since I've never been. I'm assuming, and I know it's an outdoor amphitheater, so it's like you're out in the wilds of Long Island on, like, is it an island that you're literally on? Like, is it a sort of a peninsula? Because I, I feel like we have boats and stuff outside. I don't want to disrespect any of the, the fine people of Long Islands by, you know misnaming what it actually is but it is definitely surrounded by a body of water um the main stage uh which i think is the i want to say it's the hot 100 stage yes um it's you know behind it is a big body of water so it is definitely surrounded in some sense is it like surrounded by like a marsh or something or like i believe it's the atlantic ocean okay okay so but anyways to talk about the festival itself yeah there are three stages, at least I went in 2015 to the inaugural Hot 100 Festival. It was headlined by The Weeknd and Nicki Minaj and Axwell and Grosso, Lil Wayne. The list really goes on. That's a pretty Skrillex. sexy lineup, actually. It is. Yeah. Just, Justin Bieber <laughs> played, too, and um, you know, a bunch of good friends of Billboard were there. And it was really a blast. It was a two-day festival, and you could basically see anything that you wanted from the charts. They, you know, I think the festival did a really great job of uh, making it so that people can get from one stage to the other really easily, and it wasn't oversold, so you're not bumping into people every chance you get, and right. everything ran very smoothly. So there was no, you know, holdover from one act to the other, and um, it was just basically hit after hit after hit, and it was a great time. It was kind of is, is it kind of like comparable to like a radio show, like kind of like a yeah, like if, a jingle ball a, or a, a jingle ball or an iHeart festival type right. thing. It's, it's kind of the same it's idea. very relative, but it feels more like a festival if you've been to a you know a Lollapalooza or a Coachella. It, it's Somewhere very easy to bounce around, yeah. but you know it's very streamlined and put together well. So, and I'm not just saying that because we're employees of Billboard, but I had a sure very great are. time. <laughs> we are <laughs> i had a great time and i would really recommend going to anyone who is really interested 
on the East Coast or anyone who even feels that they have to make it to the East Coast this weekend. Who are we most looking forward to seeing? Um, possibly Camila, because there's always the possibility of some new music that we haven't heard yet yes. from her upcoming album. Demi Lovato, which, I don't know, has she been like performing a lot lately or to my knowledge no she put out sorry not sorry and i think she did a private show out here in la and she may have done a few other things here and there the lovatics are probably going to check me on that but feel free tell us exactly but i know she's been in the studio and i know that she's working on things so there's a probability or i don't want to go that far maybe a possibility that she'll be playing music Mm -hmm. well who knows who knows um, there's also a lot more acts playing this weekend, in addition to the ones I named earlier, including Tanache, Rick Ross, Echo Smith, Lil Yachty, and, of course, B. Miller. Speaking of B. Miller, what a segue. Hey, mm. it's time for our chat with the pop singer-songwriter. She came by the office a few weeks ago to chat with Katie and myself. You'll hear Katie. She's <laughs> she's back, sort of, um, uh, about, uh, about her performance at the Hot 100 Festival and why her mom is especially eager to see the show. Turns out Jones Beach um, is a place that B and her family have been to quite a few times, and she talks about it in in the interview. It's really cute. Um, in addition, B talks about her series of color themed EPs that she's released this year. Turns out B sees music in color. So there's been synesthesia. A- yes, you actually knew that. Of course, Pharrell has that. St- Stephen was not prompted with that. He knew that. <laughs> I know what synesthesia is. Yes. That it's, so it's an it's incredible, and she themed her EPs uh, with colors, the primary colors, and it's all leaning up to a new, like a full length album um, that'll have some additional tracks. She'll tell you all about it here in a second when you listen. Um, so, anyways, here's our interview with B. Miller. When you treat me like that, when you treat me like that, it's pushing me harder. It's pushing me harder when you. Hello to B. Miller, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. Yay. First off, we want to officially welcome you to the Billboard family because you're playing our 2017 Hot 100 Festival. Yes. And uh, you obviously still have plenty of time because it's in August, but have you started thinking about, like, you know, what you're what you're planning for this performance yet? Um, I don't usually plan any performance in advance. I really like to just kind of feel whatever is happening in the moment and kind of react off of, of, of whatever is going on. Obviously, like, I plan out, like, my set list and things say, like that. I was going to say, like, you know what song you're going to do, <laughs> I plan out my set. Obviously, my band needs to know that information, but in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of what I do and just kind of the things that I say in between each song and, and how I react when I'm singing it, it just kind of varies every time. Yeah. But that's and- how I like it. And, uh, you know, uh, Hot 100 Fest is at Jones Beach, and we were chatting before we yes. started recording. Um, your family has a personal connection there. Yes, my mom was very excited about this show because my I, I live here in L.A. now, but my family still lives on the East Coast, um, and my mom is from Long Island. And she told me that she's very excited about the show because she grew up going to see a lot of shows at this particular venue. And I just I think that's going to be cool for her to see me there. Have you ever played there before? No, I have not. It's oh. this big venue on the wall. It's like this crazy. It's yeah, it's too too big for little old me yeah, by right. myself. Obviously, but. <laughs> it's not. You're booked there now. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. It's very full circle. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, yeah. Let's hope that mom is definitely there. Yeah, mom, oh, yeah. Mom's mom, going, right? mom has been planning to be there for a very long time. She's, yeah. She <laughs> is she going to get you like a shore it. house and like have the whole family <laughs> stays there? No, but my aunt lives close by. My aunt only lives like 30 minutes away. I go to Jones Beach every year for the fireworks for 4th of oh, July. Awesome. I was just there. We literally like just passed that venue a few weeks ago. We usually, I think in the past, we usually have fireworks at the end of the night. Yep. Like <gasps> usually, I think like one of the days is like 
Marshmallow, and the next day is what Major Laser or something. There's a mess of people, on and like usually there's, like, there's some EDM act that closes out the night, and then there's yeah. like a boatload of fireworks that go off. Yeah. I love fireworks. Me I, too. I, I say that now, and I could be lying. That could be childhood nothing. love for like fireworks and like just thinking that they're magical that will never go away. No, I, I totally never agree. Think fireworks are magic. I agree with you 100. Yep. percent And I am much more grown up than you. Yeah. So <laughs> you have this to look forward to in 15 you will years. Never lose that magic. <laughs> Um, so you've done a few festivals in the past. Um, it, they're interesting stages to get on because not everybody knows you. Some people are there for you. Some people are there for other acts. What do you do when you're up there to just kind of like win over people who might not know you? Oh, that's really, I've, I don't know that I do this on purpose, but most of the time when I'm in front of a crowd of people that don't really necessarily all know me or really seem interested because it's very it's very weird when you're on a stage looking at people and like I don't know if they realize that you can see them because it's like oh they're thinking they're probably thinking like oh I'm one in a group of however many people are here there's no way that this artist on stage can see me but like you can see everyone and there's not a two way mirror when there are people that don't know you so they're not singing they're just kind of standing and they have like a very straight face on they're not doing it on purpose because I probably do the same things when I see somebody that I've never seen before but like yeah it's called resting bitch face it's yes and it's very stressful when you're like oh and so usually whenever I see that I will make a joke about it just to try to lighten the mood I'll be like hey guys I know you don't know me and this is probably really boring for you but at least you could try to have a good time. Like, I'm just trying to, like, hang out with you guys right now, you know? <laughs> Throw me and a it's smile not, or something. Yeah, like, I usually try to, like, get, like, a nice little, like, hey, I know this is probably awkward in there, but here I am. Here's my music, and you're not going to get rid of me early, so you might as well enjoy it, you know? <laughs> we, 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 we interviewed uh, Tanache about that, sort of, like, the same thing, because she opened for, like, Maroon 5. Maroon 5. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so... Your music is very different from Maroon. That's what I was music. about to say. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, didn't know that. I was like, is was it hard? She's like, it was a very interesting crowd <laughs> who really didn't know my music. But yeah. You have to just like you work a little harder, you try to have a good time, and like hopefully you found some new fans in the process. And like that's yeah. the best you can hope for in this situation, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people go to festivals for music discovery too. Yeah. Like not just to see the people that they know at right. the top of the bill every time, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you've given your fans a ton of new music this year, uh, because you've had your EPs coming out, chapter one, red, chapter two, blue, chapter three, yellow's on the way. Oh, did I do it the other way? Chapter one, blue, chapter two, you were close though, (laughs) it's a lot, it's a lot to keep track of. My colors are not, not a strong point, clearly. (laughs) Um, what kind of feedback have you been getting from your fans for all this, this new music? Well, I don't know if anybody ever has fans that come up to them and say, your music sucks, I hate you. Don't ever release anything again. Because so then they're probably positive. not your fan. It's all been, it's all been but it's all been pretty positive. I think that people are liking the fact that I, you know, I feel like every time they get bored of the three songs, I'm like, all right, like we've listened to these for a long enough time, then boom, I hit them with three more. So I feel like they actually really enjoy that. That's like a good way of doing it, though. Yeah. Because like, I know at first they were kind of annoyed, like, ah, oh, we don't get 12 songs at once. That sucks. Like, we've been waiting so long for new music, and now you're only going to give us three songs in February. That sucks. But now I think they really like it because every time they get bored of whatever I put out, I put out more stuff. Yeah. Well, in addition to the new music, there's also been a ton of new music videos. Yes. Um, you've had, like, a bunch come out just in the past month, even. Um, Warmer, Buy Me Diamonds, like that. Um, how does the process work for these music videos? Is that like, are you thinking visually when you're working on music, like about what would look good in a video or is it just down the line? You're working with a director talking about story. Like how does that work? Usually I come up with the concepts of the videos. Um, and these, um, I would say that the chapter one videos are less loosely based around my life. And then the chapter two videos are a little bit looser just because 
there's there are people that I sing about sometimes, and I don't necessarily want them to know that I'm singing <laughs> about them. Because so no one ever really considers that. Like when artists come and release music about people, like obviously the whole world can experience them, but it's weird when like people in your personal life actually know what You're the like, songs are wait. about, and like they're like, hold on. So I always kind of I'm always like, how do I avoid making this like a thing that I don't want it to be with people that I personally interact with on a daily right, basis? Right. Um, so um, you know, I basically just come up with concepts that. Um, reflect what the music is actually about because music is really powerful because people can interpret it to be whatever they need it to be. Yeah, I think that's really amazing and I love that. I think that's one of the that's like why music is so important because people can take what somebody else says and 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 insert it into their own life in the way that they need it to. Um, so so that's great. But I also wanted to say as much as you have your own variation and your own version of what this song is about, I'm going to show you what it actually is about when I wrote it and so whenever I come up with concepts I you know I structure them all and I'm like well here's you know kind of what I want to touch on in each video and I give kind of a loose a loose outline and I say like this is what I want to happen in this I want like this detail and this detail but other than that it's pretty open because Mm -hmm. obviously directors are really creative people and I don't want to go to people who are really creative with very specific instructions you can't go outside of this box because that's not great for them and it's not great to like it's not a collaboration in that sense and obviously, I only want to work with directors who I really, you know, I think their work is great. And so I want their feedback on it. So usually right. I'll give, like, a loose outline. Then, you know, the colors and the locations and some of the, like, smaller details are are from the directors and kind of um, coming together with them and figuring out what we're going to do to make them as good as they can be. It sounds like, I mean, that, I mean, do you write a lot? Of, do you write all your music? Or yes, do you co-write a lot of I it? do. I mean, that seems sort of in the same way where it's like, you know, if you're writing something that's coming from a, a personal place but you're collaborating with another writer to kind of flesh out the whole song. Like you don't want them to be like, yeah, that's great, but we really want to change this. You're like, okay, how about we work on this together? Because this is a personal moment for me. I, I trust you. And like, I want right. your ideas, but you want it to be a collaboration, not like, all right, so that's cool. But turns out, I don't want you to actually sing that. Like, you're going to sing <laughs> right. this different lyric. Like, oh. I've actually, I've actually stopped working with certain people because that actually has happened before. We go into a studio and either a producer or a writer. Or something. This is very rare. Right. Like, this is not me like saying all writers suck. Cause Everyone most sucks. writers I know are awesome. <laughs> right. But sometimes they walk in and you'll be like, the people will be like, well, what do you want to write about? And if I'm in a room, most of the time we're writing for my project. And so, like, people will ask me, like, well, what are you feeling? What do you want to write about for your project yeah. today? And so I'll tell them. Sometimes I've had in very rare instances people tell me, oh, that's great, but how about we write about this instead? And that is a very weird thing for me. So it does happen sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time not. It's it's usually a great collaboration. But I have had that happen, and it's very it's, strange. It's like, wow, that was an interesting idea. Not feeling it. How about this? Like, uh, no. wow. It's like know, nothing to do with my life. I've and I'm like, oh, like, my <laughs> name's going to be on this thing. <laughs> like, I don't know how much my fans want to hear about this, but I mean, we could do it for sure. fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. And so we've been talking about the the first two EPs. You have one more yet to come, right? Yellow. Yes. Which you're, you're wearing yellow frame glasses yes, today I and everything. Wearing, I am wearing it's perfect. Yellow is actually my favorite color in life right yeah. now. It's been very frustrating to be like in chapter red and like wanting to wear yellow a lot because I love the song sometimes. I you're love like, I'm chapter ready red. For yellow. I just like I want to be wearing yellow. Yeah. I love the color. It's and so happy. Yellow shirt and like too. I'll wear yes. I'll wear yellow and like post an Instagram picture and all my fans are like, it's red like right now. Like what are you doing? Like you need to like they'll make fun they're not actually being mean but they oh, make right. fun of me they'll tease me and they'll be like B it's chapter red right now you're oh. I mean you were in chapter future. red when you were making chapter red yes, though now exactly. you're, you're already in yellow I'm like you guys I wrote these songs like <laughs> 
two, three, four, five months ago. Right. Come on. That's a, yeah. That's a, that was that was always funny. Like you know when an artist like releases it's music, promoting. it's like you the the fans kind of forget that the artist has been living with that music for months, months well, or maybe that's, a year. That's you know? another reason why I wanted to release my music like this because I actually have not been doing that. I did. I I released the songs on Chapter One Blue a few months after I wrote most of them. Like there were some that I wrote way before and I just kind of was like well these are still relevant to how I feel now and so I kind of grouped them like that but um the way that I've been releasing my music in chapters has actually not only been for other people but for me as well because I don't like that if you sit with your music as an artist you get bored of it and then Mm. by the time you actually release it you're not excited about it anymore because you're like oh I've been hearing these songs for five months like I don't care anymore you know and that sucks as an artist and so I've actually I'm actually still like now like even last week writing music for chapter three yellow which is coming out in a month you know like I I have been writing music pretty much as it's being released because that's another thing is like I I don't like that, you know, most artists will release a 12-song album at once, and you'll be relating to these songs, you know, eight months after they release it, and by then you know the artist doesn't relate to that anymore, and so then it feels like you're at more of a distance from the artist than Mm. you want to be, because we all like to believe that we're really close to our favorite artists, even though they probably have no idea we exist, (laughs) and we like to believe that we have this closeness with them, and it's hard to do when you know that they... You know, they've written these songs a very long time ago. So that's another reason why I've been trying to, you know, write write things as they come out. So it's more current, the yes. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more about this rollout process. Um, we were talking about John Mayer earlier, who did a similar thing with the search for everything. During I was the so EPs. mad he announced that first because we came up with that concept way before he announced he was going to do it. And I was like, I'm going to be the first one to do this. It's going to be so cool. And then John Mayer announced it first. We already had our plan in place. And I was like, damn it. Why didn't we announce this before? Damn that John Mayer. John Mayer. And so then when I said it, and I was so excited about it, when I finally was able to talk about it, everyone was like, John Mayer did this. That's so cool that you're going to do it too. I was like, oh, I was so upset. If it makes you feel any better jason mraz did it like six years ago oh, okay did he really <laughs> yeah well that he, makes me feel better actually yeah, he did, actually it, robin sort of did it with body yeah, talk robin did yeah it too. yeah but everyone's just talking about john mayer because it was the most recent yeah yeah, yeah totally really high profile and also because everyone's doing eps now like yeah it's a very like it's a more immediate thing to do and so well that's yeah. what i was gonna say like i was just thinking about this rollout method in general and the other thing that makes sense about it is that your fans will like really take in each and every song as opposed to you know, you release two or three singles off a 12-song project. When you have these EPs in three-song chunks, it's like you're going to listen and enjoy and, it, like, take in every song from, yeah. the, from the whole project. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's another thing is, like, people don't really consume albums anymore. They don't care. People don't care about 12 songs at once. Whenever Drake released, was the most recent album he had? Whenever more Drake life. released yeah. More Alive, and he had, what, like, 20-something songs on mm-hmm. there, people were like... Oh, well, what do I do with this? I don't have time for all this right now, you know? And that's sad. It is kind of saddening to me because I listen to albums when they come out from mm-hmm. artists that I like, but that's because I'm in music probably. But, you know, it's it's hard to get people to... I think we all have really busy lives now, and it's hard to get... And there's a lot of... Stim- like, there's so much stimulation. There's so many artists. There's so much music. There's so much art. There's so much everything in the world. It's hard to get people to focus on 12 songs of yours at once. So that was another thing. I was like, how do I kind of force people to listen to all my music because I you know obviously when we write our music we pour our heart and soul into it we put I put everything into my music and I don't want it to not be wasted because I mean as long as I've written it then it's not but like I just feel like I, I want people to actually hear what I have to say right and if I have to kind of force them by like being like hey three songs at a time so it's way easier for you to listen but eventually you'll hear my whole album then that's good too <laughs> It's just a creative way of just delivering music and getting people to listen. It's yeah. it's hard, and it's just people are distracted. But it it's, makes it's, sense with streaming sense, too. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and the full album is coming out in November, is that right? Or is that the plan? Yes, as of now, that's the plan. We originally were going to release Chapter 3 in August, but I think now it just recently got pushed to early September. Okay. So, so it, it is possible change. that Chapter 4 will get pushed till right. December. But probably, probably, maybe not, just because music doesn't usually get released in between like December and January, because that's like holiday time for sure. everyone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try to make sure it still comes out in November. Cause that <laughs> if would it doesn't, be... don't get upset with it. All right. We know these release dates can always change. And so there will be, there will be new songs on the full album in addition to all the EP songs, right? Yes, there will be three more songs. All right, very cool. Um, And do you have any plans to, like, tour around it, maybe? Yeah, I'm actually getting on a call today with uh, some people on my team about about that, potentially. So um, I'm not actually sure. I actually genuinely don't know any details about that yet, but we are, I think, trying to put that together because I just recently did a quick three-day headlining thing around uh, just a few dates in California. And uh, and they went really well, so I think that that was probably a good sign for, yes. for everyone else. And I think we're going to try to get me on the road more now. That was kind of like a trial run. Awesome. Cool. Well, we are super excited for all this new music, um, and and we'll have to talk to you when this full project comes out as oh, well. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, actually, like before, I was about to just like let you go, but I wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, do you kind of feel like each individual chapter of these EPs, like? has, like, a different feel. Like, are you, like, purposely trying to have it have a different emotion oh, yeah. feeling? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I have synesthesia, which is when you see music in color. And that's I was wondering about that's that when why the color I've, Yeah, names. that's why I've been using the colors, because whenever we decided that we were going to release the music in chapters rather than all at once, um, I was thinking, well, how do we take this farther? Like, how do we expand on this and make it more creative? And then I was, and then I, and then I was also trying to figure out how I was going to, pick which songs come out when because I had different attachments to each song for different reasons and I was like how am I going to figure out like how they go together and so I grouped them together by what color I saw when I listened to them hmm, that's and, amazing um you know because of the colors that I see usually I see certain colors because the lyrics emit a certain emotion or the music sounds a certain way and it just makes me feel it makes me feel a color and not coincidentally I think all the songs that are lyrically similar I see similar colors for so I kind of pair them together based on you know the things that I wrote when I was experiencing different things and so chapter one blue is is what I was experiencing in the time that I was feeling very blue Mm. and chapter two red is is more the songs um that reflect kind of my life at this point now where like I've moved on from the sadness and I was kind of angry about how sad I was for so long and then I was empowered by that anger to move on and so those songs all kind of capture a very red feeling for me and then chapter three yellow I'm, I'm putting on songs so I see yellow for that that kind of emit that exact same emotion so they are divided up by emotions and by the colors that I see based upon those emotions does chapter four have a color or is it like a chapter rainbow? four is the album <laughs> right so um it's just three additional songs and then you know putting it together with the other songs we've released over the course of the year um but I you know the the three colors just so happen to be the primary right I'm like they're primary colors yeah so um I was thinking you know in the same sense and it's not a hundred percent but i'm thinking i want it to be something like spectrum just because in the same sense that the three primary colors can make any color in the spectrum you need to experience emotions like you know the sadness the loneliness from chapter one and the 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 anger and empowerment in chapter two and then the happiness and 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 just trying to figure out and learn from your mistakes in chapter three in order to be the best version of yourself that you can be so i think that that all kind of ties together really nicely well amazing yeah on that note thank you so much for coming in today we really appreciate it thanks for having me thanks b (laughs) 
thank you so much to B. Miller for coming by and uh, make sure to look forward to her upcoming Yellow EP. Her full-length set, which is possibly coming out before the end of the year, but don't hold us to that. And, of course, her performance at the Hot 100 Festival this weekend. Okay, now it is time for the Chart Stat of the Week. 30 years ago this week, Def Leppard's blockbuster album Hysteria debuted on the Billboard 200 chart. The set entered the chart dated August 22nd at number 36 and would eventually hit number one nearly a year later on July 23rd, 1988. In total, the set spent six weeks atop the list. Amazingly, the album actually spawned an extraordinary seven hits on the Billboard Hot 100, including an impressive six top 20 charting smashes. Among them were the top 10's Hysteria, which hit number 10, Pour Some Sugar on Me, of course, which hit number two. Damn it, it should have gone to number one. Should have. Should have. Love Bites, which did hit number one, and Armageddon It, which hit number three. In total, Hysteria spent 78 weeks in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart, which is the most weeks in the top 10 for an album by a rock band in the chart's history. Further, in 2015, Hysteria was named the number 25 biggest album ever on the Billboard 200 chart. Also, by the way, I love this album. It is such a great album. I feel bad to admit that I have not heard the whole album. You just know Pour Some You just know the hits. I know Pour Some Sugar on me. It's, it is, it was produced by Mutt Lang. I mean, like most of the songs were written with him. Mm-hmm. It was immaculate, immaculately produced. And it is just literally full of hit singles. They could have, they could have released more singles. And it is just wonderful and actually the band just reissued the album in a deluxe edition like a week or so ago so go check that out we also um, had an oral history of, which is amazing of that is it of that album of particular? that album you can go to billboard.com and look that up it is, it is absolutely so incredibly fascinating um anyway so there you have it 30 years ago this week hysteria debuted on the billboard 200 chart on its way to number one nearly a year later Okay, we have reached the end of our show. Uh, first, thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you. Um, do you normally? This is where we say if you have any parting words. Do you have any parting words? I have nothing else to say other than I am very glad to have been on the. This is my Pop Shop podcast debut. It is. No, you've been on the Mustard Music podcast before. No, haven't you? I haven't. The only podcast I was ever on what? was the Juice podcast back in the oh, day. Oh man, how did they never get you? on I know. The listen to how eloquent I am. I'm so primed for this. You, you could get your own <laughs> podcast. You 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 could become we'll talk about it offline. You could become a regular feature on this show. You hey. never know. Hey, 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 Careful we'll what you wish it. for. Um what song should we go out on? Normally we go out on a song that plays us out at the end of the show. And it could be something that we've talked about or just something that you're feeling or something it could be anything. Hmm. Could be a Def Leppard track. Hmm. Could be you're 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 thinking about I'm this thinking too much. Really hard. Well I guess one of the Hot 100 performers. Oh, that one makes my, sense. One of my favorites is Tanache, who I love very dearly. And one of her singles that I think should have been a bigger hit is Company. And I, I really think that uh, you'll all enjoy it. Well, let's go out on that and we'll see you next time. Great. Bye. I'm supposed to be just with some company, company. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.